Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. And I'm Philip. We're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community. episode is brought to you by our new and favorite sponsor electromotive sound company uh they are back and their shop is live <laughs> with the clone v3 um and phil none of you have a uh camera because i i'm not paying for that um but philip is holding the clone v3 right in my camera right now click the button just for fun's sake right now oh yeah oh yeah um you tell us quality switching right there Good quality switches. You got the clean blend mod in there. You've got a high gain mod in there. Dude, the high gain mod completely changes this pedal. Completely changes it into maybe, maybe my new favorite drive. Wow. Like at least for, because it's not high gain, high gain. It's just Mm -hmm. like, I would say it's about double the gain of a traditional Klon. And man it sounds so good it doesn't fit for every rig like i don't play i don't play my 335 through anything with this much mid push kind of thing but like for strats and telecasters holy crap it's so good well there you have it holy crap it's so good electromotive sound company you you Uh, can quote me on that i think we'll have a link in the show notes yes we will have a link in the show notes go check them out yeah go buy them up I mean, we were going to have a link in the show notes. I was just double checking if I put it in last week too. I did. I did put it in. Um, also, if you don't read our show notes, you've been missing an Easter egg for like six months and Diaz still hasn't found it. So please. <laughs> <laughs> Go check that out. Anyway, Philip, what is yes. new with you, buddy? Man, what is new? What do I want to talk about? See, this is what happens when I come on the show like twice a year. There's a lot in between. It's like every other month. Let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. Um, played a bunch of gigs. Uh, that was fun. Hoping to gig more. I got a gig this week again. That's going to be good. Um, you had, I you had a deposit- really good one in the pre-up, actually. What's that? You had a really good one you, we were talking about in the pre-up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a bunch of bunch of good gigs, and I'm really excited about them. But I've got the um, the, the big one, I think bigger than that one you're talking about i put a deposit on a new guitar mm. talk about the really exciting one I, I put a deposit in on a mule mavis i don't like them to admit that uh based on your mule purchase definitely not this year but uh a mule maybe in my future posing caster maybe i'm trying to <laughs> yeah. think of like like I would probably finally sell my Schecter and go to that. Well, here's the deal. Um, one I'm almost out. certain Mule is going to be back at Fretboard Summit in August, and I he will probably have a posing caster with him. I'm planning on chatting with him when we're there. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I finally I finally broke down. Uh, I sold a bunch of stuff and uh, decided I didn't need some other things, and I had I had some gigs that paid me some pretty good money uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I was like. You know what? It's time. It's because I was looking at like what my gig money is traditionally my gear money, right? That's what mm-hmm. I spend to buy gear. And I was like, well, now I've got this money. I'm going to buy. I don't need 
anything. Like I could have bought this or that or the other. And then I was like, okay, what what have I wanted that I don't know? Because I've got a bunch of dream guitars, you know, at this point. I'm like, what what's a hole that I have? And it was, I kept, I immediately was like, oh yeah, that mule. I want a Mavis. I played one last year at Fretboard Summit. And I was like, this is like the, one of the most inspiring guitars to play I've ever picked up in my life. And so I was like, I need one. So I ordered that. It'll be about three months, so it'll be a while, but... I was surprised he still had a three-month turnaround, if I'm honest. You know, maybe he's just got a good system. Yeah. I, I, he posted recently about how many... He's made 400 of them or so, so far, since he started building guitars. Wow. So, But it's a good guitar. Uh, other other what's new, what you alluded to with the pre-episode, talking about... Um, I've been trying out the Neural uh, Amp softwares the various ones i've got a bunch of the trials going right now playing through them and i'm really really impressed they sound really 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 good and there's a part of me that it's sort of like so i bought a mesa right i have the mesa mark five right i didn't Mm -hmm. buy it to gig i bought it to have around to play higher gain tones because i never gig high gain tones um i might be able to sell that and just play the buy the mesa um from neural it's a hundred bucks and I could sell the the Mark five and cab and be much better off. It, it may be something I go towards just cause I'm only going to play those tones at home. They're, they're not something I'll ever play live. Yeah. Like, uh, the Tremonti, I honestly haven't turned on and since the week I got it. Yeah. Which is probably a sign. <laughs> yep. Where I kind of went, Oh, that's what it is. And then just didn't. <laughs> And, like, I haven't dialed in tone where I'm like, yes, this is my thing, and let's get this captured, you know? And I I haven't necessarily messed with, like, you know, the amp models and stuff and the captures that are in that world in my QC. I just kind of wanted to try an amp with it before I went to the modeling side. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing I... So this is the thing (coughs) I've I've sort of so far figured out about high-gain amps is the tone stack in a high-gain amp doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. And it's basically your speaker choice is then like 90% of your tone. It's the most important EQ. Yeah. And then it could like, and people are, you know, Tom is probably clenching a piece of paper right now and (laughs) whatever, but like it, so like there is difference between high gain stuff. Like the way it crunches is different, but that's the nuance part of things. And at least to the uninitiated, the cab is the big purchase. You got to yeah. figure out what cab you want. And, and then even then, you got to figure out what speakers you want to go in there. Yeah. Which is something I discovered just using the Captor X with the Mesa. Okay, yeah, I've got the the cab, the 1 by 12 I've got. But it's like, hey, let's see what this sounds like into a 212 with the speaker and such and such in the, in the two-note software. And the amount of variation from speaker cabinet to speaker cabinet is so massive. So, so massive. Yeah, it, it, but that's also the weird thing about it. Like with the two notes, man, we're going way deep into this. Um, but the two notes, when you get into the jumping cabs mode, Uh ear fatigue sets in really quick Mm -hmm. where you're just like, oh, these all sound like garbage. Like you like, and then you fire one up later and you're like, this sounds fine. As long as I don't hop between them, I think this sounds fine. Yeah. But when you start hopping between them, there's just something that happens that really annoys you. I noticed this with the Kemper when I was hopping between Kemper profiles a lot too. 
So, uh, so I'll tell you something about the two notes that I'm discovering, especially after starting to play some of these neural amp uh, simulations. Is that by the time I take my real amp, and I've always had this like with the the captor, like it sounds good enough, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound really good. Like it sounds good enough, but like by the time I take my amp and go into there and go through the the speaker simulation. It doesn't feel like my amp anymore. No, it's a mic it, amp. It, yeah, it's it's a mic amp, and it also I have found that my amps at the same setting into the Captor X, even into speakers like I'll take my Two Rock for example, right? I play my Two Rock into the Two Twelve cabinet, and I play it. It's great. I take that amp, no setting changes, go through the Captor and go through the Two Rock Two by Twelve cabinet in the Two Notes wall of sound. And it sounds crunchier, more overdriven. It just, it compresses more. It just, it doesn't sound as good. And uh, that's without changing a single setting. It's it's really frustrating to dial in sometimes. Hmm. And so, I don't know. I'm at a point now where I think maybe the two notes could go too. And I can just use, for recording purposes, things like the neural. For, for that kind of stuff. Or just freaking mic a cab just i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna mic cabs i've got the mics i've got the cabs let's do it honestly modeling is really great because it just it's there it's set up it's plugged in mm-hmm. once you dial it in you don't have to ever come back to it never have to tape your crap up yep it's great it's great oh it's i yeah. i for for recording purposes it's really 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 convenient yeah having said that um, I knew this. What's new yeah, this what, week? Let's talk about your other amp. <laughs> I bought a broken amp. <laughs> well, it's it's functioning, but it shouldn't. And um, <laughs> I bought a 1977 Fender Champ. Nice. I'm I'm so glad you bought that amp. Wait, well, I sent it to you, and you're like, buy it now. Just buy it yep. now. Um, because if you didn't, I was going to. <laughs> yeah. So. My other what's new is I got a bunch of electrolytic caps and some new resistors. Oh, nice. And I think about, I'm going to be replacing about 90% of the components in there. Um, but, I mean, I opened it up. It had an original capacitor in it and it had original resistors still. Um, <laughs> it's already been recapped once, so I'm not ruining it by recapping it again. Right. Um, but the electrolytics is leaking. And when it... So... You know, it's something they say 10 years is how long electrolytics last. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I think a good electrolytic should last about 20. But but, I, I, but they're also saying like the bad ones are like five. Yeah. like Well, like my Super Reverb, I finally replaced the caps in it in 2020. And they had been in that amp since 1970 so I, I still have some original caps in my um yeah super reverb but there i also have some non-original ones so they didn't yeah. just all do it all at once but yeah i i had just i at least all the electrolytics well i was having it converted to black panel spec anyway mm-hmm. and so i was like while you're in there these caps are you know 50 years old it's time to to go ahead and change yeah. the electrolytics well the other beautiful thing is with the bigger fenders is you don't even have to open the amp up to get at them yeah they're down in the doghouse underneath yeah. He had to open it up anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that champ's gonna be super rad. That's like the perfect like crank it up and go amp. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna at least you know mess with it for a little while, and 
I probably will wind up selling it just because the flip sure. on it once it's running it's, it's is be good. Yeah, it's worth it for the hour, hour and a half's work work I'm going to put into it, and then I get to play with it for a while and then I get to make money. So no complaints. 100%. And also, that's an amp I can sell locally. Oh yeah, it's also one that's easy to ship because it's so small and light if you needed to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're in the right area. You could sell it so easily. I'd rather sell it locally just from the not having to ship it. And also someone can plug it in, <laughs> not mess with me, you know? Yeah. I tell you what, find a, find a Chicago area harmonica players, Facebook group, and just list it in there. It'll go same day. Gone. <laughs> harmonica it, players love those amps. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, with that, should we dive into a little bit of news from this week? Because sure, it let's is... I think I've coined the word Namtermath before. Um, it's it's post-NAM week, so there's still a little bit spilling out. There's been some actually mm-hmm. new releases that were independent of NAM um, that you and I might be both guilty of giving money to. So, yep. um, And someone else broke the news on that, so we're not breaking embargo um, talking nope. about it. I don't know why he said don't post about it. But anyway. Um, right. We'll talk about that. But first up, um, we are fresh off another national holiday, which was April 20th. And with that, (laughs) Keeley Electronics has announced a 420 edition of the Mini Compressor. Yeah. Or Compressor Mini. Yeah, it's a a fun little design. Uh, It's in his first time. He's done a few uh, 420 releases. Yeah, um, Diaz has his pepper grinder. (laughs) That's right. I think last year he did a, um, I can't remember what he did. Uh, let's see if I can find it quickly. But it, he he loves to do these little uh, little homages and little nods to to four twenty. Um, the artwork on this was, one's actually kind of funny. It's a doobie, or no? It's the pedal yeah, smoking a doobie. That's it. Looking at itself in an ornate mirror. Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm seeing? Let me see. I didn't get the mirror. Oh, it is kind of in some kind of ornate mirror, isn't it? Or some frame kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting little thing. Number 420 at the top, the RKFX, uh, Robert Keeley FX. I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's his, it's his compressor though. It's, you know. It's his two knob compressor. Yeah. It's his little two knob mini compressor. They sound great. Now it's fun. Uh, they're probably sold out by now. Oh yeah. Yeah. They sold out. They're going to do another round of them. Nice. Um, I okay. Here's a fun question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keeley has come out with cheaper compressors. He used yes. to be the name of the game for compressors, and then the Compressor Plus, and now this, have really kind of lowered his price point a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a good decision or a bad decision? Well, I think did it secu- did it secure decision. his spot? Because like the the walruses of the world aren't weren't really coming into that zone, you're just seeing I, JHS come into that price point, um, in walrus now. But like before, they were all not there, and then you had the origin effects craziness stuff, right? Yeah. So I still think it's I still think it's wild that um, I still think it's ridiculous that you can buy a Keeley four knob or two knob compressor used for like eighty five bucks. Or whatever they're going for now. I haven't looked in a while, but 
it's kind of devalued and you kind of wonder did he devalue it by saying the price point so low because i remember when the compressor plus came out he was like oh we're going to raise the prices to 170 later but we're doing this now for early early release and it never went up yeah used used compressor plus is 112 bucks right now you can get a mini for 98 well 99 bucks uh you can get the four knob compressor for 75 dollars yeah it's so cheap that is that is the most so here's the deal I think with compressors, there's only a few real names in this game as far as like widespread. You've got Keeley, you've got Wampler with the Ego, mm-hmm. and you've got the Origin stuff. You've got the Orange Squeezer from JHS. You've got I, the Deep Six from as, Walrus. I don't see any of those as ubiquitous as I do those three, though. Yeah, the Deep Six had a hot minute in the gear talk praise and worship world yeah but it got the reputation for being noisy that's all compressors like people forget that's what they do that's like i I don't know it's called using a noise gate guys exactly but i think before um, your compressor but i think uh those three and especially the wampler like i see so many egos on oh yeah whether the mini or the regular I, I feel like Wampler has kind of solidified himself as the overdrive and compressor one-stop kind of guy. But, I don't it, know. but I mean, he, that's also Nashville scene is where he excels. You see, yeah, you oh, see yeah, the yeah. chicken picking guys, they love Wampler. He's, yeah, exactly. And He's some of Nashville, the hair metal yeah. guys love Wampler. But like you don't see Wampler big in the transparent overdrive world. Nope, you just don't. So. Although he has a couple that are great, but, but that's he, not his thing. He was also really late to the game. Like the only one you see was yeah. the Tumnus Mini because he was one of the first mini clons. Yeah. And the added base because he yeah. revoiced and, the clon. But yeah. And there's the Tumnus Deluxe, which yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's good. But yeah. I think uh I think Keeley will always be to me, because that was the first pedal I had from him. Mm-hmm. Um and the one I had the longest was the uh four knob compressor. I, I recommend the compressor plus to tons of people when they're like yes. starting out. I, I think I like the compressor plus the most because it has the blend knob. Yeah. So you can you can get a little bit of that clean signal back in there, which is part of why I love one of the reasons I love the origin versions. Of course, you know, you look at the price difference. What's a what's a brand new? Um, let's see. I'll click on brand new Keeley compressor plus is gonna run you one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, so it has gone up. It used to be like 120. Yeah, it's 149, brand new. And, you know, I'm holding my Cali 76. This is a $419 compressor. I mean, I still think Keeley is the best value in compressors today, even at 149. Yeah, definitely. Well, with that, while well, we're talking about value, let's uh, move on to the next thing because. Uh... We're going to have to start setting a timer with yeah, us. Yeah, we're going to have to set you, a timer. You and I talk. We just talk. It's okay. This one's going to go fast. Your wife's going to be so mad at us. And oh, we'll... she'll be fine. Okay. She'll be all right. <laughs> she'll be like, I got so much time by myself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, like, good. So, somebody else for him to yell at. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but Nuex has, we did talk about a Nuex pedal, but I, oh, it was the thing that looked like boss pedal. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the new X has revealed the new core series, um, 
which includes the new X metal core deluxe Mark two, the mod core deluxe Mark two, and a few more, uh, primarily shown here is the metal core deluxe Mark two, mm-hmm. um, has three different amp model, high gain amp models in it. And, and it also, so it's got a dual rectifier, um, players will be able to use the dual recto amp based on oh based on um there's a friedman be 100 i.e marshall and a diesel vh4 style thing um it uses their tsac hd <coughs> modeling i'm not entirely sure what that is but i'm assuming it's no a digital clue. modeling thing but it also includes an ir out so it has cab sim built into it too um that is coming in at 99 bucks also I mean, has true bypass and some auto saving parameters. I mean, if you're into that whole high gain uh, world and you want a quick and easy and cheap uh, direct to direct a board, I guess yeah. down you it, can go here. It also has a mobile app and computer editor software on it. Okay, so this is a That's fully programmable like digital thing at ninety nine bucks. This price point keeps going down for where you're full digital. Um, there's also the Mod Core Deluxe Mark II, which has a Boss CE one base thing, um, an MXR Stereo Chorus, and a Univibe. And also included is a Stereo Chorus flanger and Phase one hundred style things. Yeah, can and do it's also. It's also MIDI connective Jeez. universal audio it has it's, tap tempo as well. It's MIDI connectable. I don't Insane. use the MIDI on my UA pedals because it doesn't have it. If I had it, I wouldn't use it, but it should be there. I've, I've spoken my piece on UA stuff and there's a reason <laughs> I don't have a UA pedal anymore. Oh, I, I, well, yeah, I, I bought the, the effects, not the amp yeah. models, but um, I really like them. I think they sound better than my Strymon stuff did. Uh, and I don't miss the MIDI because I don't need it. But I can I can understand mm-hmm. people really needing it. So I, I like it. If you're going to have multiple tones in something, MIDI is what you need to unlock with yeah. it. Um, digression. Moving, digression. Um, but this is something I actually wanted to bug you about. Boss, ha- it shouldn't be in the pedal section, but it is. Boss has launched the Gigcaster. <laughs> Yeah, all I'm pumped one, about these. All-in-one mini caster for musicians and streamers. There's soft buttons and all this kind of stuff. So it's got a Gigcaster 5 and 8, mm-hmm. naturally, 5 channels, 8 channels. Uh, but, you know, there's more. It's technically like, what, a 16 by 12 USB interface. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's, you know, ADAT and probably or stuff. I, we'll get to the features there later. Um, but what's interesting is there's a lot of customizable <laughs> buttons in it, which is sort of the newer thing in a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Um, coming in at $4.99 or $6.99 for the Gigcaster 8, it's the more expensive one. Is this going against the Roadcaster? Is that what is that what we're seeing these guys go after? What is? Yeah. Or is this a whole new market? So this is going after the Roadcaster. It's also going after the Tascam put out a version of it that I can't remember what it's called as well. This mm-hmm. is priced higher than those things. This is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember if the uh, the Roadcaster is four ninety nine or five ninety nine. So once you mm-hmm. get to the Gigcaster eight, it's you know more expensive. I am working. I'm trying to get them to send me one of these to check out. Um, 
I know Blake Wyland has one or both of them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think it's a really interesting device that has a lot of different uses. I think it has a great use for um, – it's got a great use for streamers because mm -hmm. you can stream directly from it. Uh, a lot of audio input, of course, podcasting, obviously. Um, so a lot of the talk was like you can use the smaller one. People were using it for like guitar lessons, like their their Zoom guitar lessons. So they have a way to do lots of inputs and stuff like that. Well, having that, the whole GT1000 effects processors in yep. here is a big deal. That's massive. That's a huge. That's a huge benefit. So I don't know. I'm here for it. I think these are gonna be really rad. I want to get my hands on one though before I'm like, yes, this is the truth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's functional. I can uh -huh. see a lot of people really loving it. Yep. Um, it's expensive though, and that's that's always the thing with Boss is once it gets expensive, people kind of start going, nah, not Boss. Yeah, not people boss. people turn their no nose up at expensive Boss things. Was a tube amp expander versus the U like once UA does something, we're all like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. like right. It's weird. Like if there's if if there was a different brand name on this. Yeah, it's sort of like the the tube amp expander. That yeah. thing is a phenomenal unit. It is arguably better than the ox <clears throat> because it's got a bunch of extra features like the built-in 100 watt power amp um it's does got it, some... the oxbox has a power amp in it too does the ox yes i thought it, i didn't think it had one i thought it was no, just they, they, they both have that yeah okay because that was the a big thing for that is that you get your sound to sound exactly what you wanted to then you can run it out to a speaker and drive that speaker at, as loud as you want it as to. loud or quiet as you want to Exactly. Versus the stepping that we have with like the two note stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know. I we'll see what it ends up doing. I wonder though, with the advent of the affordable interface, especially things like the UA Volt, um, and and how easily it is to get a hold of a. Hundred two hundred dollar interface. How super viable this is in that world? Yeah, I mean, so we we've had this discussion before. Uh, mm -hmm. Partly, particularly when we we're talking about you know when you and I were doing Summer Nam together and like how are we going to do a show together all live, right? Yeah. So that's a practical example that you know probably half our listeners are starting their own guitar podcast at some point because they see how little skill we have at doing it and they're like let's do it um, exactly right so there's that side of it and, and you and i went through we were like all right you brought the roadcaster mm -hmm. uh we had diaz i think brought his field recorder that had like four inputs on it yeah he brought his h6 he brought his h6 uh in years prior i brought my motu 8 pre mm -hmm. which is a, a whole rack unit um audio card the A-Pre was the only one that let us do A-Channels and was less than your Roadcaster and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it was literally all in the box. Yeah, exactly. It's so all like, there. It, it, but, like, all it was was inputs and a gain knob. And you had to do everything else in editing and all that kind of stuff. So is that the, you know, you got to figure out what matters for you in any given situation. So I prefer to do a lot of stuff just with software. I find it easier. We don't run a soundboard on our episode, but we totally could. Right, digitally. right, right. But people like having, you know, physical buttons to run a sound card or um, 
were you and I doing the show <coughs> on a roadcaster, I might have Bluetoothed you in using my right. phone to do this interview instead of me doing this elaborate. Um, it's not as elaborate now that Pro Tools made it native, but like having you know loopbacks and things off the computer. So, yep. you know, I think there's a, there's definitely a market of people who just need an all in the box thing. Yep. Especially non podcasters. Like if you can get your son's friend over to uh, set this up for you and you just hit play every week, you have your podcast. Yep. That's absolutely right. Well, also with, with all of the, um, the inputs and the multiple outputs, this also becomes a, could become a silent jamming tool. Or a, I'm going to go play a gig with my three friends. Right. And we don't have to mic the drums. Yep. That's it. I think there's a lot of uses for this. I need to see more of it in use and actually hear the quality of the sound yeah. to, to really, because that was something like with the Roadcaster. I found that like, I thought, oh, this would be great. I can plug my guitar in and, you know, and I can stream that way. The guitar sound didn't come through very well. It, it did not work mm. very well at that. That's fine. Um, you would think Boss will be better at that because that's what they do. We'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, yeah. Um, moving on. Mm -hmm. uh, Heather Brown Electronics releases a Spirit in the Sky fuzzed out tremolo pedal exclusively with Reverb.com. I kept meaning, I saw ads for this <laughs> on Reverb all last week, and uh -huh. I kept meaning to go listen to a demo, and I never found one. Did you get a chance to listen to it? No, not at all. I haven't found, I, this is actually the first time seeing it. Okay. Oh, there's um, an Andy demo, so you'll get to hear his clean tone first. <laughs> But I do, I really like Heather Brown uh, pedals. Um, I had the uh, Blessed Mother was one that I really, really liked there for a little bit. Oh, yeah, that um, was them. Yeah, that's Heather Brown. Uh, they also did the, um, I can't remember the name of the this other one, though. Uh, oh, no, it's just other versions of the Blessed Mother. So they're all the Blessed Mother. Um, but that makes the sensation fuzz drive. I am not seeing any more of these available. Spirit in the sky. Yeah, it looks like they must have all sold out. They sold in uh, British pounds uh, for two twenty-seven. Is that what I saw? Yeah. I, uh, what's interesting is no one start, started flipping them yet. No. And I wonder if they will. It's not exactly, you know, Heather Brown's not a huge name. It's not every, not everybody knows who what they are. I I wonder though. I don't know. I like the idea of the fuzzed out tremolo. I really like those sounds. Um, but I wonder if this is like a year and a half too late. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I I want to try one. I'll probably listen to the Andy demo. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a regular thing or if now that they're sold out, they're sold out. Nope. The colorway is a limited run. Okay. Oh, good. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, I think so too. You know, actually, while we're talking about colorways and multiple colorways, I think it's a natural transition to start talking about 1981 inventions. Yeah. Let's talk so about after this new pedal. Many, many, many colorways of the DRV. <laughs> Many, um, many colorways. He is pausing. So many. He is pausing on the DRV for a little while, and has announced to only his subscribe his mail list subscribers. But it, now you're starting to see it trickle into the news. The 
I'm going to call it the level, but the LVL. Yeah, the LVL. Which is a new non-transparent overdrive circuit. Two-knobber. You got a level and a volume on it. There are no demos out there. Nope. But it's something that Matt said he really wanted to do and announced it and announced it only to, in collaboration with John Snyder of Electrical Audio Experiments. Um, apparently, they've been working for four years on developing yeah, it's, this new so pedal. He's, He's got this description, low gain, which achieves overdrive gain ranges with a unique newly crafted circuit. Like I need, I'm going to need to see this. I'm going <laughs> to need to, you're going to have to prove to me that you came up with a truly unique new circuit because. Yeah. Rumor it, has it that it's closer to a uh, 250. It gives me 250 vibes. The description, it's like uh, it's combination of light clipping and op amp push. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, I, I need to see it, and then I need to see it, and then I need to hand it to electrical engineers and be like, "Tell me what I'm looking at," because I don't know. But um, well, I, we I, we know a number of people who have pre-ordered one. Yeah, uh, me. Yeah, me and you. <laughs> so we'll see when it when it gets in. I haven't even gotten a shipping I mean, notification yet. Yeah, well, they we won't get them until about June, I don't think. But oh my gosh. I knew it, it would be a little while. But it officially I didn't know that it officially launches June six, okay. so that's that's when more will be available, um, okay. or at least pre-orders will be out and everything like that. Um, so yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, sign up for mailing list. Yeah, there's get, benefits. Yeah, get on get on these builders mailing list, please. Especially like com- when you're complaining about stuff that sells out, you need to be on their mailing list. Like if you right. if you're always complaining about like Chase Bliss stuff selling out and you're not be able to get a hold of it, that's because you're not on their mailing list. Yeah, that's exactly why. All right. That ends pedals officially for Nam. <laughs> that's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. No. Considering none of those guys were at well, Boss was at Nam and New X was, but No, Boss wasn't. Boss wasn't at Nam? No. They had they had some people there, but they didn't have a booth. Wow. Yeah, Boss wasn't there. Man. No Fender, no Gibson. Um, the talk is though, I was I was listening to some post Nam coverage. Gibson is coming back next year. Hmm. They have said they will be back. I still think Summer Nam in Nashville for Gibson was always the opportunity to really show off. Oh yeah, because it's it was basically their show. It was, yeah, it was their backyard. Yeah, but um, we'll see. They said they're back. My plan is to go to Nam in January. So, all right, that's it. I'm gonna be there. We'll see how it goes. I probably won't. All right. I hope, uh, Nash- I hope Nashville comes back personally. But yes. Yeah, but while we're speaking of Gibson, uh, Epiphone has unveiled a 335 Jim James model. Yeah. And I got to say, I kind of love it. Yep. It is a 335 dot in a walnut finish, fretboard binding, um, slim taper C profile, uh, maple body, mahogany neck. So that's an important distinction. Like probably Mm -hmm. everyone's like, well, what the heck? We already have the... um, Oh goodness! Why am I blanking on the Epiphone that everyone buys? The three thirty-five Sheridan. Sheridan, yeah. The Sheridan's a maple neck, so that's the big difference. Um, yep. Coming in at eight ninety-nine American dollars, so it is a little. It the the, the inspired by Gibson three thirty-five was seven hundred, six hundred. Uh, I right. think it's actually five ninety-nine. Is it that cheap? Okay. 
Yeah, I think um, it's five ninety nine. Oh, that, right that, now, if you if you buy now, it's marked down to four seventy nine for certain finishes. But yeah, it's five ninety nine usually. It's not bad. Six ninety nine if you want the figured finish, the mm. figured um, curly maple, whatever. Um, but you know, this feels like it's right in line with the Emily Wolf signature. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think that I'm not I'm not even thinking. I'm going to look it up. Is eight ninety nine? Yeah. So um, where his Gibson had a. Um different set of pickups uh Mm -hmm. or his original one did these are going to be el nico classic pro humbuckers um that's the same one that's on the noel gallagher riviera yep um cts pots orange drop capacitors um which is i'm not seeing a problem with this i like this i really love the walnut finish i think it looks great good i don't like it as much as i like the traditional gibson walnut finish it's a little lighter than this mm-hmm. but it looks good uh the lock tone to nomadic bridge as well mm-hmm. uh, bu- 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 i'm just trying to call out any other unique stats about this thing but it they specifically talk about the nut width being 43 millimeter but i don't know if that's different from standard spec yeah, um, but they either. do they do specifically mention it yeah it's a laurel fingerboard for those of people that hate laurel. Just giving you a heads up. I kind of like laurel. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I, I think I, I like it to be a little darker, and you can darken it. It's, that's an easy thing it, to do. It, actually, I like that. It encourages you to oil your fingerboard. Yeah. Or if you really hate it, just go get some furniture stain and just hit it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'll be fine. Um, speaking of being fine, uh. Seymour Duncan has an updated version of the Slash Humbucker. It's called the Slash 2.0 Humbucker. Uh, Whoop-dee-doo. It's a hotter wind while maintaining the clarity in profile, tone profile. So for our, all those listening who are over 40, here you go. And moving on. I, I do need to mention this, though. I I get it. I get people are really into Slash, but I have literally never bought anything ever because it had an affiliation with slash he sells like, products man he does oh i know and apparently outside the u.s it's massive yeah like it's ginormous but i'm like do we really have to remake every single thing like where's the line of slash hair products that's what i want to know yeah anyway where honestly he should have a cigarette uh <laughs> signature cigarette yep are, are, you, are you smoking slashes yeah it works and that's actually pretty rad yeah um by the way these are only 119 dollars okay that's pretty good that's that's on the very affordable side yeah that's really um, good duncan in this age of really expensive pickups especially expensive pafs yeah i looked i looked at how much uh uh, ron ellis pafs are going for last night (laughs) it's like pretty bad 875 dollars for a set i yeah I know someone that paid over five hundred dollars for a pair of strap for a set of strap pickups, and oh I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I, I just don't know. No. Yeah, I can't. I can't get behind it. And I have two hundred dollar pickup pickups. Yeah, like that's where I start to think of like, okay, this is great stuff. Yeah. Uh, speaking of great stuff, mm. uh, Eastman's Juliet LA coming in a new finish. I love it. It's not I, quite a Pelham. It's a lighter blue than that. Yeah. But I just it, love this guitar. Yeah, you've got a 
you've, you've got a less trem with a Bigsby arm on it. So I don't know what model that is. It, I don't know if it says it, but I don't know. Uh, the Goldo, it's, it's a Goldo variant. So okay. it's a Goldo less trem with the Goldo three point Vario moving bridge. <laughs> so Eastman, if, if for those that don't know, Eastman is actually really, I think they're affiliated with Goldo in some way because they, oh, okay. they use Goldo hardware on a lot of their stuff, including um, the Revoltas that they make too. Oh yeah, that makes sense. This this has a little bit of a Revolta vibe. Yeah, so Revolta um, and East, is made by Eastman. Yeah, that's right. It's got the Seymour Duncan Radiator uh, Fat Cat P90s with gold foil cover. So it's a humbucker size P90. So but cool. under a gold foil cover, it looks fantastic. It's got a raised center block, but it's still like a single cut. It's like an uh-huh. offset single cut kind of shape. Um, so it's 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 inspired by a few different guitars, and also the pickup switch is in the Les Paul position, but it's a three-way switch like a, I know. like a telecaster style three-way blade. Feels, feels very airline yeah well doesn't eastman make an airline uh, yes they do they do um, um the headstock it's got that beveled like two finished duotone headstock that's so popular now yeah um so last year the the juliet had a proper like an official bigsby so this is the goldo dip version of it mm-hmm. um so if, if you haven't tried one, a Les Tram or a Goldo, they don't have as much of a dead zone as um, as a Bixby does. Yeah, Bixby's got a big spot in the middle where nothing happens. Not a lot happens. It's it's soft for a minute and then yep. starts to go. Um, so as someone who has... I don't have a Les Tram, but I have a Goldo um, Tremolo on my... I used to have a Les Tram. Yeah, they're just... They're much more immediate the way like a Strat Tremolo is. Yeah, but they or, still have the softer range of a Bigsby. That's cool. Well, it's 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 expensive at a, at two thousand dollars, but I think this is a really really rad guitar, and I really really want to try one. Yeah. Two thousand bucks. Yeah, it's on the high end, especially Pushman Eastman's brand because they're they're known as a foreign made guitar. Yeah. They well, they've cool. done some things lately to push into the higher end, especially with their jazz guitars. Uh, they've they've really put put out some really incredible uh, upper end jazz. I say upper end, you know, for an import guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're making some really really good stuff. Well, and their acoustics are edging into the market too. Yeah, they are. They make really great acoustics. I've played a bunch of them. Yeah, we uh, they had some mahogany models at uh, CME when I was over there looking at mm. acoustics with my buddy, and uh, we kind of quickly learned he doesn't like. Uh, you know mahogany models but oh uh, yeah yeah he really wanted rosewood so we kind of hope focus in <coughs> on that pretty quick but anyway yeah um, by the way that one drop price by the way just letting yeah, you know he still hasn't bought it has he uh-uh, it's still up there all right i'm texting jack right now why don't you introduce this next guitar while i do that? so while you're texting jack uh donner has introduced the ultra lightweight hush x hush x headless guitar which is a if you remember the yamaha like wild looking like it was like a slab of wood and a couple of like i don't know uh ikea art fixture things attached to the sides of it that's what this is and it is headless so it is designed to be as lightweight as a laptop uh beginner friendly comes with a gig bag earphones strap tuner it's fine it's an interesting it's got a 25 and a half inch scale length um 
It's got a compound radius of 10 to 14, so super flat. Uh, it looks really small. It looks like it breaks down to an even smaller size if these arms can be removed. Could be a great travel guitar. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. I'm looking for the price on I mean, it. It, it reminds me so it. much of like the old Yamaha classical silent guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, did you see the... Um, we talked about last week the Strandberg that's doing this kind of idea. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very interesting. Um, yeah. So very much in that kind of vibe. vibe. Um, I still don't know if Donner will ever get me to play a guitar of theirs. They they sent me one a couple of years ago, uh, one of their Strat variants, the something something 400. It was a pretty good guitar, especially when you consider the money. Mm-hmm. I thought it played really good and with just some basic setup became a really nice guitar ended up giving that one away through the podcast um but yeah i i think i think donner's filling a really nice place in the market that place where you know like bullet squires used to fill Mm -hmm. um like that super bottom but they're way better quality in my opinion than any of the bullet squires ever were yeah i don't know how much the like the bullet mustang is now 200 bucks isn't it like it i think so. that market kind of it all got really expensive or really expensive for what it is. Uh, we were like We're currently the, the, marked down to 170. The $99 guitar is not really a thing right now. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and I, I can't find there a might price be a rogue or something in that price point, but you don't want it. Yeah, exactly. Now, if we want to get way out of the $99 price mark, um, Taylor has announced uh, a new version <laughs> of the 814 CE, which is at this point, I will say the flagship taylor yeah that's what they call it um i think um i don't think the 810 is their flagship anymore i think the 14 has really taken over as taylor's shape so um you've got adirondack spruce soundboard solid indian rosewood back and sides with the beveled armrests and the contoured cutaway also being beveled and their v-class bracing system so you got all of it right there all the features um i love that the beveled armrests are coming into lower and lower tiers mm-hmm. i'm not really saying that you know um you know the eight is a lower tier but yeah i was about to say this is a forty five hundred dollar guitar it's hard to call it yeah in lower tier um i mean this is their flagship model so yeah it's there. Um, if you haven't ever played an acoustic with an arm bevel, it's actually fantastic. I played one recently, and it was so ridiculously comfortable to play. Uh, I still That guitar is still for sale. That's why I'm not saying it out loud what it is. Um, I cannot afford it, but it haunts me. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it is. Um <laughs> Because we don't compete. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like uh, I I want it, but, but I I can't get it. It's it was like uh, me with my college roommate. We never competed over a girl because. Yep. <laughs> nope. Nope. Got to back off. We we, <laughs> not... we we were just looking at entirely different groups of people, different heights, different features, everything. Like so, it was never. If, if we met somebody, we're like, you should meet my roommate. <laughs> like it was just like. <laughs> It worked out. Um, also, uh, gold hardware. Thoughts? Yeah, that's interesting. It's antique gold. It's not bright gold. That's good. It's yeah. still interesting. Uh, also, I, still I, has the expression. It has the expression two system on, uh, and it's so they're still going that route. 
I still just don't get excited about Taylor's. They're great guitars. If you love one, love it. Um, mm-hmm. If you are stuck in traditional sounds, which I'm not trying to talk down to you, anybody yeah. in that group. Yeah. Um, as a recent owner, purchaser of a D28, I am stuck in that too. Yep. Um, and that's, that guitar is getting a lot of play for me lately. So That's awesome. Yeah, well, I'm, now that my nose crap is slowly getting over mm-hmm. uh you might not hear it actually listeners are like if you guys would go back a month or two of the podcast my voice sounded different i was dealing with all these steroids coming into my note into my throat and killing my voice so oh, it's nice wow. to, i'm able to sing again so yeah. i've been doing that that's awesome or, but yeah i'm a long ways from having the same strength at singing that i used to have but i digress um yeah we talked about this in the pre-app we've been teasing it for a while where it's finally here godan has yeah the multiac mundial series acoustic guitar and when i say acoustic it's a nylon yeah it's a flat body nylon with the little godan thing up in the upper horn um so let's 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 call it what it is ibanez you might yeah. have re-inspired this product category. Yeah, because I this was like when you put this in a link, I thought they already made this product. I think they used to. I think I they think used they to make used something to. like that. Yeah, because the Multi-Act series is real cool. Like they, they make one that I really want. Um, and it's kind of out of nowhere. And I can't afford one because it's just too expensive for, for a niche instrument. But they actually make a nylon stringed electric acoustic oud. Ooh, that is completely fretless. It's 11, 10 string, 11 string. Oh gosh. I think it's 11. I think it's, everything is like a 12 string except the lowest string. It's a single oh. string instead of a course of two. Oh, is um, it kind of like, didn't Taylor do that with the eight string acoustics they were doing for a little while or like, Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. They were doing some, not a perfectly doubled up. Yeah. But it's specifically, the, the Godan is specifically meant to sound, get those uh, microtonal, uh, you know, uh, Arab style musical yeah. influences because it's fretless and nylon strings. Really cool. Um, but that's that's like, this is a realm Godan has lived in for a while. This weird, um, we do different things. Mm-hmm. Like they had so many guitars that, you know, like... I. I guess Parker did it too, but uh, Godin, I feel like, did it better. They did the whole, like, electric guitar, but hey, here's MIDI connectivity and a piezo pickup. Yeah. Um, so, so just give some context here. They, yeah. The Multiac has existed. They've had yes. the Deluxe for a while. That hits at that, that $2,300 price point, or they used to be $2,750. Um, yeah. So, like, they used to be up there. This, this um, Mundial part, there's four different finishes there's the blue which is kind of a gray yeah it's very much a gray but it's a bluish gray or a grayish blue um there's the aztec red which is a very deep red or and it's kind of like a there's a canyon burst and there's a cream finish um these are all coming at the 1300 dollars price point so that's what's really happening now that's much more expensive than the tim henson yeah but um I think they recognize that there's a okay, okay. Our really fancy over the fancy ones, Ibanez is coming out with these cheap ones and they're selling like crazy. Let's get our price point down. Yep, and that's what they I did. think. They, I think they look good. It's not something that is marketed to me, oh. but I can definitely see the place for them. Yeah, also and painting them. 
So if you look at the old Godan line, they're all natural tops. Yep. Different shades of stain on them, but they're natural tops. So by going to a painted top as well, I think there's just a market for it. So uh, pretty cool. Um, I heard about this, the X pick. People were joking about it. Another new oh. pick. Um, <laughs> uh, Samurai guitar player calls it the worst guitar product ever. <laughs> um, I I just I it's so I, I mean can't... it's it's even people calling out calling out, like is this pseudoscience? Um, so it's allegedly using magnetic fields as part of the affecting the um, tone. Uh-huh. Now, note any ferrous metal will interfere with the uh, electric field that is created by your pickup. That is how they work. Mm-hmm. That's why when you change materials of strings, your guitar sounds different because the magnetic field is interacting with it differently. Um, that's a real thing. That's the real science of it. Uh, the X pick was yeah. described as a less of a pick and more of a remote control for your pickups. What? I I need to see video of this thing, but it just seems dumb. This is one of those things like I have a I have a slide in a drawer that someone gave me because they thought I really would want this. And since they'll never listen to this, I can say I never would have wanted this. Uh, it's a guitar slide made out of metal that's in the shape of a heart and is painted blue. They called it the blues heart slide. And by using the various edges, because obviously with a heart, it's got one part where the two tops of the heart like can double on the strings or like there's a point at the bottom. You can use that against the string. Like it sounds different based on which edge you No, it doesn't. It just sounds like crap. This feels like it's in the same category. Yeah. Um, we've been through enough of these kind of things. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, that's really kind of where I put it, where like, uh, you, you look at guitar crap for long enough and there, you, we all know a friend that's probably gushing over this, that has fallen for it too. We've all got that friend. We all have that friend. That, um, that same friend had a fat finger on their strat in the early 2000s. Oh, I almost bought one of those when I was like 12. <laughs> There's more mass on the headstock, man. Gives you more sustain. Yep. Hey, Fender yeah. actually sold those. They did. They sold the shit out of them. And it was all snake oil. It was... I... Oh, this is... I don't think sustain is as big a deal on electric guitar as people make it out to be. I have one guitar that I would actually say sustains, mm-hmm. and it, it's too much. Yeah. I just... I, but when anyway. you're talking to new guitar players who can't hold a guitar... Yep. They want more sustain. You can sell them stuff. And the reality is go work your fingers. Yeah. Um, work your fingers and get your guitar set up. You'll be fine. Yeah. Get get some calluses. Get some, get all your stuff together. Um, all right. Let's 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 just bash through the last couple of things with this because we're yeah, kind of yeah, running yeah, up on time here. We're, uh, past, we're past the guitar stuff at this point. Yeah. So Antelope Audio has released Atlas 8 i8, Atlas i8 uh, desktop monitors. These are their first ones. Um Antelope Audio has been making a name for themselves in the digital audio market. They've they're kind of one of those 
not mainstream yet, but they keep showing up with cool stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. imagining these sound fantastic. I can't wait to yeah. get ears on them and check them out. They use a, a parallel bass driver, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also $2,500 each. Yeah, so they're also... Atlas is more in the premium market. They're yep. not the cheap guy. They're not going to be a focus right there. Yeah. They're a universal audio competitor. If you really think about it, price point and features wise. Yeah. But they're just not as big as universal audio. Yeah. So. This is, this is for your, somebody who's actually doing this. Maybe they do have, maybe they're still a home studio, but they're actually, you know, mixing commercially for people. These are, these are for those folks. If you're making money mixing, this is now in your market. Exactly. If you're, trying to dial in your helix at home go buy some yamahas yeah go buy some yamahas or some jbls like i did or some m audio bx6s they're fine or bx5s they're fine they're fine they're fine um <laughs> that's what i my wife says that's what i say when i don't like something it's fine yeah my favorite i had a coworker who'd always go it's average <laughs> that was his like insulting thing now i'm hearing people call things mid so oh yeah that's mid yeah it's mid um the myberg m28 is an all-new microphone that's not trying to emulate an old one um it's a large diaphragm condenser microphone hitting the three thousand dollars price point so whether it's trying to emulate uh, a u87 or not it's going to be compared to one because the price point's there so um i'd love to hear some side-by-side demos at some point i don't have those available yet so i have no judgment but also again not for you unless you're making significant money recording people right this is this yeah this isn't for you stick with uh if you're if you're just sitting around at home and you want to tinker with microphone placement i mean there's lots of options in the akg world that are fine for the hobbyist yeah um other news yamaha has announced the yhwl 500 wireless headphones so what do you think about why <laughs> headphones wireless headphones for with music what's the first thing you think about latency latency is exactly it these have four milliseconds of latency so for those of you that need some math quick here um sound moves at one foot a millisecond nominally that's the speed of sound through air and so four milliseconds is four feet of distance it's next to nothing yep that's that's your on stage next to your bandmate reacting to them yes so um this is comparable with like the shore in-ear in sennheiser and in-ear systems Mm -hmm. um you know a kemper has a latency of about five milliseconds okay no one complains about the latency on a kemper right or uh quad cortex a lot of those modelers are around that kind of latency right right right. so like this kind of latency is normal chances are your delay pedal might have this level of latency see that's what i was gonna say uh you you play through enough digital effects you end up with two three four milliseconds of latency yeah if you do any work with online or not online but digital uh, for example, the neural stuff I was playing with, I had to go in and adjust the buffer size because it defaulted to like a 10 millisecond um, delay with the buffer. And I was like, ah, that's too much. I can't play with that. Yeah, I don't like that. And, and that's also because those used to slam yeah. older processors. So you yeah, saw exactly. people with those things playing about them. So, yeah, so f- I bumped it down to 3.7. And guess yeah. what? It felt like playing my amp. Uh, 50 milliseconds is where it's visible, just so you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's the classic one with, in video. 50 milliseconds was the holy grail of chasing it in digital. So like someone waving their arms, doing like that on stage and the bet, the monitor behind them agreeing with it. Um, I'm great thing that we're an audio only podcast. No one actually right. sees that your Bluetooth headphones can be up to 20, 200 milliseconds. Like I, I notice this constantly when I'm, wa- when I'm like trying to watch something on my phone and I'm listening right. to it, the lips don't match up. Yeah. They're out of sync. Yeah. So, it's really frustrating. Um, so four milliseconds makes this world pretty cool. And also the idea of whatever technology they're using. I mean, I'm sure this will go into higher end or different studio micro- wireless headsets, but it's wireless. And you don't have to deal with a body pack, and you don't have to deal with IEMs. So I can see studios picking this up, mm-hmm. or something like that. I know instead of running the Aviom stand, Aviom's that's an old brand, but like you know yeah. what I mean, the in your mix stands or uh, mm-hmm. different things. This is a new option in that realm that's actually quite viable and usable. Mm-hmm. Um, Aviom, could, great, great paper hold, paper weights in every back room of every church in America. Yeah, you know who else would probably <laughs> love this? Who's that? gamers yeah this might be a big play in the gamer realm so pretty cool yeah except that you know a 435 dollars price tag gamers put rgb on it oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll pay they'll pay for it yep so cool cool things coming out in there um yep. and the last one sony released a set of headphones the mdr mv1 um aimed at spatial sound creators so there's something unique in here for doing 3d audio mixing um now everyone's like "Eh, 3d audio mixing you only have two speakers because you only have two ears yada 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 i get it um but it's it's a lot about ultrasonic um frequency so this these go up from five hertz to 80 kilohertz now oh wow we'll have a long discussion about whether you can hear any of that since most of you probably can't hear anything over 16 kilohertz um and for fun one of these days now we podcasts ruin the quality it wouldn't work anymore yep, yep. i was would, gonna say I, at some point i should just run like an 18 kilohertz sound and see who actually hears it and not <laughs> um because that used to be a fun little joke uh, i had well, was like I'd, I'd run like a 20 kilohertz tone in a room and wait till somebody says something because somebody's gonna feel uneasy about it someone's gonna they, hear it eventually yeah that yeah they'll either hear it or they'll feel it that's the way i feel about things like once you get below 20 hertz you get that like 10 hertz territory or even 20 like supposedly human ears can hear it but most people can't yeah you feel it you can feel it at low frequency yeah so that's called infrasound yeah and that's a big actually complaint with wind farms oh that makes sense okay so people living by wind farms are complaining about their feeling the sound because it's it's loud at infrasound but you can't physically hear it but your body feels that dynamic pressure on the body um, and that has been Scott's acoustics corner for the day. Well, um, so on this whole 360 audio, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, stereo, two ears, blah, blah. Oh, I'll tell you what, until you've experienced Atmos and you hear it, get ready. It's coming. Um, like, this is going to be a big deal. I'm not going to say what it is, but for those of you that follow me on LinkedIn, I'm going to start be writing. I'm going to start writing about spatial sound a lot because I have a new product coming to the market. Mm-hmm. now um in spatial audio and uh it's a heavy thing with like me talking about like numbers and things like that with like, my clients i talk to um you need to hear it and so i have some fun things coming out that i'm not going to talk anymore about until it's official but um 
we've already launched it internally. We're already proposing on it for projects. Nice. We got we got a cool. We're we are dabbling in spatial audio because it's a much more economical and quicker way to demonstrate to people what we're seeing, hearing, and feeling. Um, instead of hey, come into our sound room and we'll do an audio demo. And now I can just like send them something. So I will, Philip. I'll send you the uh, the live demo. Yeah, or I can just follow you on uh, LinkedIn. That'd be fine. Oh, I already have the live demo made, so I can just send that to you. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm pumped. I want to hear it. Yep. Um, 3D audio is the market right now. Uh, Facebook's yeah. making a play in this. Dolby's making a play in this. Um, <laughs> well, it, well, here's the deal. Uh, Apple's making a play on it. If you go watch uh, Colt Caparoon's videos on Atmos, mm -hmm. um, they're already getting ready, like, because he had to make a big move in his studio to be able to start mixing in Atmos because I think Apple said, or maybe Spotify said, I can't remember which, that basically you're not going to get added to a playlist if you're not mixed in Atmos. Well, Apple has already had spatial audio integrated into their AirPods line. Uh-huh which everyone turns off because they hate it. Yep. <laughs> well, it's because the tech isn't quite there yet. Well, in, in, in the headphone. Stereo in, mixed in stereo mixed in um, spatial audio locks you into a spot. Yeah. It, may, okay. it means you have to put your phone in the middle of you. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Otherwise, it always sounds like it's coming from one side or the other. That tracks. Whereas true headphones, we're used... To, I, you know, sometimes you don't want spatial audio. You just want headphones because you just want to be enveloped in this world where spatial audio actually takes you away from the music a little bit. If it's just stereo mixed in spatial, you need the true surround for that, that envelopment. Yeah. Well, I, all I know is I have started to, to listen to some of it and I want to, at some point, headphone technology is going to really catch up with things like, obviously it's starting to get there. I've always been impressed with Sony's uh, headphones, the MDR line. I think it's the MDR line. Maybe it's just They've the They've also line. been one of the best bang for your buck headphones out there. Yep. Yep. I used to have a set of MD-somethings. I don't know. They weren't like super expensive. Mm -hmm. But when they broke, when they finally broke, and that was my own fault. I was, it was a long story. I won't even go into it. But when they were broken, I have yet to find a pair of headphones in the price point that gave me comfort, audio quality, like all the things that those headphones gave me. And I think it's a discontinued model, which is why I didn't replace them with the identical ones. You know what I mean? So I know that Sony's gonna do it right. For sure. Um, and with that, let's uh, let's wind down the show, shall yeah, we? Yeah, I think we're there. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining us, particularly. particularly man, my word's hard. Um, Philip, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, yeah. Give a quick little plug for, you know, what you got going on. Sure. So 40 Watt Podcast, you can go to 40wattpodcast.com 40 or you can go to Linktree. There's links everywhere, social media at 40 Watt Podcast. Uh, and where you can just go listen to the podcast wherever you listen to them and on YouTube. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, I don't know, do all the things they tell you to do. But I'm around. Very cool. Well, for us, uh, you can find everything we do at theeffectsloop.com. That's our uh, link tree. You can find our thread list, our Patreon. Particularly thank you to our patrons who help support the show and keep this running. 
uh, I mean, we we definitely love having sponsors and, and those kind of things, but our Patreons really pay the bills around here, and that keeps our show afloat and lets us kind of have some fun stuff that we do. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, Philip. <laughs> uh, if you join at any tier, you get our episodes early, which is, and there's a bonus episode that comes with that. If you join at our $5 tier, you get into a secret chat group that is direct access to us often influences the show. You often get us discussing news events as they come. So it's a little, it's like the show just kind of keeps going the whole week. And uh, particularly if you have a certain type of gear that you like and your affinity to, we get to know you. And um, yeah, it, it actually influences things here. Uh, headless guitars and high gain amps have never been Diaz's in my thing, thing at all. <laughs> but you're seeing us talk about it more and more because people like Jason and Tom love those things and they get our ear and we start looking at them. So think about that. Think about that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the last thing that we would love to thank is our sponsor for this week's episode, Electromotive Sound Company. Go check them out, electromotivesound.com. Uh, links in the show notes. You can check them out. And buy a Clone V3. Yeah, Clone V3 is out now. We've been long waiting for it. New features added. It's... <sighs> okay, I don't have mine in hand yet. <coughs> I'm going to be in a later batch. Yeah. Um. I own a Klon. Mm-hmm. Ben has given me a pedal already that I have blind tested and I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Dude, I that's the way I feel about it. I don't own any other... I, I still have a, a dual pedal that has one in it, but I don't have a standalone Klon circuit that isn't one of Ben's at this point. Because... I don't need another one. They sound amazing. I love them. Uh, that's not me just blowing smoke. Um, I've had a bunch. I had the JHS Klon. It was great, but I sold it because somebody was stupid enough to give me $1,000 for it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, of course, I sold it. Yeah, go get one. I'm really excited to see what he starts putting out in addition to it because obviously he's not going to stop there. No, I hope not. I mean, I have a prototype of something that he never released. So Really? Yeah, and it's good. Oh. You know what it actually sounded amazing at, and everyone What's laughed that? at me when I said I ran it into my metal zone, and it made it amazing. Oh, so yeah, weird because that was what's on my desk at that given point when you know I finally test all the pedals that I have. <laughs> <laughs> when I buy a batch and then I don't plug any of them in for a while because I don't use a pedal board, so I never have them out. Anyway, with that, let's uh, wrap up the week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And also, uh, I'm probably going to be on Philip's show this week, too. So show him some love. Go listen to that. Yeah, we're going to make that happen. Yeah. Awesome. (sighs) See you, everybody. Peace. Is this where we talk over the music? Is that what this is? Can't be a fan. (laughs) It's fine because I'm not going to listen to this episode now. So, because I was on it.
dictionary Why is negativity always drawing out picture Every visualized love Energized lives together, together We undefeated A plan to make weather's no gloves needed When we weed into the mindset of achieving And believing in a community that remains happy Then the after, the world should be one Hate annihilated, every heart is one Love again, so...